My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a fun-filled edition of the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Colin. I'm Josh. And I'm Josh spelled backwards. Wow. <laughs> His, like, name changes every week. How do you pronounce that? Uh, Hashaj. <laughs> Hashaj. My favorite Jedi name. <laughs> <laughs> Second only to Jedi Master Shaggy. Oh yeah, from uh, from the 2003 Clone Wars, classic, classic. Okay, all right. Well, that's the episode. Thanks for watching. I'm just kidding. Um, and this is where we talk all things Star Wars. And of course, we head to awesome, excellent, top tier, top level episodes of Star Wars drop yeah. early this morning. And uh, on this episode of the podcast, we are going to talk about the Mandalorian chapter 20. Entitled The Foundling, directed by Carl Weathers, written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. But before we get started, we want to thank all of our awesome patrons. Yeah, let's go. On the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, and Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris, Texas Vader76, and on the black tier, we have Maga Tawatala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, and Liam McCallion. Thank you so much for your awesome love and support. And now on to chapter 20, The Foundling. And, and something that we need to lead with, because apparently people just don't know this, but spoiler alert, very, very obvious reason. Spoiler alert for chapter 20. I don't know why people are acting like... Like, people weren't going to talk about the episode today, but everyone was freaking out about it, and I just thought it was so funny. We had a post on Instagram that, like, that I made very quickly, and I put two spoiler alert things, so, like, it, it wouldn't be, like, you know, like, the actual spoiler when, when you posted it. But, like, people got to understand that that people will talk about this. It's not like you're going to have to stay off the internet. Like, it's your choice of not watching it at launch, and things get busy, we understand, but people are going to talk about it. So. If you manually swipe through spoilers, 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 and then see yeah. a spoiler and are unhappy about it, that's on you. That's not that's on, on the you. The post that's did everything. Totally that on you. And then for Facebook, just stay on Facebook. Just, an, an, just until don't you go watch on it. Facebook, period. Yeah. That's just a better way to go about life. Yeah. Yeah, were you old? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So without f further ado here, I will play the podcast. But I did an update on my computer. Wow, an update. And uh, it's playing the audio out loud. So I'm going to fix weird. that. Okay, well, uh, this episode was great um, because we, we had a return of a great actor in live action. And we also had a great... Uh, double story of where we learn more about how the foundlings train and everything and more uh backstory for the mandalorian people 
more stuff about Order 66. Mm-hmm. And I I thought it was done well. I thought it was done in a beautiful way. I didn't feel like the story was forced. I didn't feel like, okay, blah, 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 Order 66. And then here's the rest of the story. It felt genuine. It, it felt like it was a fluent story. I know in the book of Boba Fett, when, when they did flashbacks, it was Boba would crawl crawl into the back to tank. And then we would just get a flashback. And and uh, and this one, it illogically made sense of why Grogu had his flashback in this. And well, it was apparently, done if you're awesome. in the clan of the Mudhorn, when the armor's blacksmithing, you just are inclined to getting flashbacks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I thought that was done in an awesome, awesome way. And I'm so happy with the episode, even though I think this was the shortest one, right? This is the shortest episode that they've ever done in the in the actual show. Let me do a quick check on that. I had a I had a beautiful screenshot pulled up. I was staring at it. <laughs> to open a new tab. Don't <laughs> yeah, it was it. thirty-two minutes long. Yeah. So. I swear on my name. I would turn off the I would turn off the audio. Yes, David. So this was the shortest episode, beating out season or chapter two only by one minute. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so overall, how did we feel about the um, about the whole episode? I know we talked about it, you know, good off the mics, but very good, very entertaining. And that's the thing from the last episode. I was kind of like, you really have to be paying attention and feel like you're actually getting into the story. This was just like it was fast enough to where I'm like we have what we want we're gonna watch it great okay cool and we're done awesome i got everything i wanted out of this episode instead of sitting there like goodness this is a long episode like i i had everything i loved the pacing i loved how fast it was going there's uh good answers for things that we wanted to know i'm like wow cool yeah short and sweet loved it yeah, yeah no agreed it, it, re- it really was short and sweet we got uh we got a lot of questions answered which i was kind of surprised at getting for being just at the halfway point in this season a lot of the things that are happening this season are happening at a pace faster than i was expecting like didn't hit in the mines you know seeing the backstory of grogu like these things are kind of happening faster uh but i also again really enjoyed delving more into the culture of mandalore and Mandalorians and how you know kind of an ancient cultural perspective on how they operated and seeing it through Bo's eyes is a very interesting way to reintroduce us as we delve more into this. Because originally our surrogate was Din as he learned more about Mandalorians in season one. And now we have Bo. So it's uh, kind of and her being reintroduced to this. Uh, and it's very interesting. I think it's well done on how they're choosing to have those character dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. And this whole training session and the, and in the beginning of this episode, how did we feel about that? Because it was very r- reminiscent to some of the um, kind of training stuff of the Mandalorians that we got in the Clone Wars of where they were kind of getting all the um, <laughs> people from Death Watch like all already. And then you had like the different crime families like coming to the planet and getting ready. This is what it reminded me of. But them shooting just in the water and everything kind of threw me <laughs> off because I was like, oh, okay. I don't know how that's how when you're training because you're just shooting off and into the distance and you're not. What are you aiming for? The body of water? Did you hit it? Yes. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nice work. I think if you miss the body of water, you just like exiled. You're like, all right, go bathe in the mines of Mandalore. You miss the huge <laughs> body of water. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I absolutely love seeing more of this, this sect of life of, for, for Mandalorians. And I mean, especially with the whole Grogu situation, that made me absolutely lo- lose my mind in laughter. I was like, you're going to put a wrist launcher on this tiny thing? <laughs> Yeah, that also threw me off too. Rules for the engagement because the other kid, Paz's son, was just like, "Boop, one shot." Okay, reset, guys. We got to reset. Back off. <laughs> one shot. The, hold off, guys. We can't finish off the little child too quickly. And then Grogu does two jumps and just like <laughs> rapid blasts him. It's like the game's over. He wins. <laughs> the weirdest set of rules I've ever seen in a game. But good on Paz's son for nothing. Yeah, I would be pissed about um, that. I was like. I couldn't just rapid blast him. He's standing still. <laughs> I was laughing my head off because I'm like, I guess we get, we're getting to this point, and I think I brought this up earlier. Is that he is now more mature than I think people are really grasping right now because they're like, baby. But now he's like really just entirely like, I'm I'm flipping around. I'm doing my own little thing. Like I'm I'm like goodness. It, it's so weird having him be like his own character where he doesn't need technically anyone anymore i'm like oh but i'm just imagining them giving him a mandalorian helmet and it's like how are you gonna put it on him like how are you gonna put all this gear on him it just feels weird and then i feel like once the helmet goes on it's like okay we're we're not gonna see his face anymore except if there's scenes like by himself uh but all right recite the creed yeah recite the creed That's yeah like like it's gonna be 100 years before he can recite the creed could you imagine he's gonna be like armors <laughs> like on her deathbed he's like oh that little green thing over there don't it's not in the creed yet it's yet to speak <laughs> do anything fun it's been a part of us for like 200 years now. He still hasn't really said anything, but one day he'll be a part. <laughs> there was one night where we were just trying to get it to speak anything. We thought it said this is the way, but like we can't prove it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. But I, uh, the, so to me, the, um, uh, the, scene where like he does the front flip and uh and then he you know kind of lands and then Bogatan's like did you teach him that was just so funny because it 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 just sure yeah <laughs> it's just like oh okay <laughs> and I did uh and then four and then for Paz's son too I just I just think it was so great for him to hit a small target like that like he like knew knew exactly you know it looked like exactly where to shoot and it was super quick. And then Grogu smokes him like in five seconds. Like he's like, okay, my turn. And he uses a flip over him, flip again, and then he gets him. Nope. That- the closest mm. possible range too to shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, paintball tag a child. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to put those words back to back. <laughs> uh, 
did we get a name for the creature that that took all right so first flying pterodactyl bird dragon yes why do we what's the name of the kid again uh the kid's name is ragnar vizsla ragnar Ragnar! and the (laughs) creature is a it just disappeared because ads yeah uh pterosaur a a pterosaur okay apparently there is not a wikipedia article for the pterosaur but the name is on the plot summary oh interesting okay so that may change but for now that's what we're at uh a pterosaur a mythosaur soon we'll get the dinosaur and then the pterosaur is an actual thing though oh okay like it's an actual dinosaur maybe they're using that as a placeholder maybe it but it's a oh yeah no a pterosaur is the is a derivative of the flying reptile class pterosauria so it's a general term for flying reptile thing <laughs> yeah actually i've been hearing another name for it it's called a shriekhawk oh yeah shriekhawk. and i believe yeah, if you Google it, uh, I just uh, simply Googled Mandalorian flying beast and Shriekhawk pops up with the picture of the creature. So Shriekhawk is the logo of the Death Watch. What? Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but from what I can see, the Wikipedia article says that it is in Chapter 20 as an armor sigil, but not as the actual beast. I think it's something different. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. I also felt, which I think someone said this in the chat, but with all the flying that we see with the Mandalorians in this episode, it definitely felt like a Clone Wars, you know, type episode. Yeah, I love the shot we're about to approach right here when the Mandos are going into the cavern and you have like all of them like tilting their head to be normal to the ground with the jetpack. It was such a fun shot. And there was a lot of very fun camera work for specific scenes that they utilized this episode. That was fun to see. Uh, like it, it's interesting to me how we have all this stuff going on here and they just decide to just stay there i'm just like everything is trying to kill you and i'm wondering if they're kind of just like it's a rite of passage i'm like dude and then they're like when he gets captured by the like pterodactyl or whatever they're like yeah you know they've killed a couple younglings or foundlings and i was like yeah because they openly say this isn't the first time like, it always gets way too far <laughs> Uh, all that stuff. Yeah, no. I mean, they're a warrior culture. It's a remote land on some planet. I'm like, okay. I'm looking forward to next week's creature that tries to kill him. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) This has happened twice already. I'm like, dude. And then when he's like, I guess he's just in the stomach for like, what, a day? Like, over a day? However long it takes. Yeah, there's there's the sigil of a Shriekhawk, which also that sigil is present on Boyle's helmet from the Clone Wars. For some reason. This is this is the canon's reference. So when Bo is like talking about her training and how high it is, like, you know, they're talking about how high that peak is. It gets no higher than the peaks of Kairomoru which is the remote bastion and stronghold in the Republic Commando novels. 
There's Wait. your tie-in, bro. Yeah. There's, there you go. There's one I was really you. happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> I talked to Hunter about that just a little bit ago. But yeah, That's no. Funny. So just hearing uh, recognition of Kyrie Mora in some way bringing it back into canon is really, really, really fun. Uh, but yeah, there's my one deep Legends reference that they had this, awesome. this week. Yeah. yeah. I... Uh... I also love how they're kind of just accepted. Hey, we're on the same team going forward. Um, it's really cool to see uh, a Vizla and a Kreese actually work side by side again. And um, they're because we haven't seen that since the actual like Clone Wars. So it's awesome to see both of those kind of groups work together uh how do we feel about the creature though like i think the creature's great but um <laughs> newfoundlings yeah oh which, we'll talk about that later how we're we'll get that later but evil mandalorians <laughs> on dragons yeah which i got a feeling that those creatures will play a part in the uh uh in like in the which again we'll get to it but i feel like we're leading to an avengers type like kind of setup for like all all these shows uh and i could just see like in the big battle just a couple of the mandalorians riding these creatures or when, when they get older uh, i i could see it happening and then maybe Bo or din is riding like the mythosaur in the battle something like that It'd be wild Boba Fett rides the Rancor. Just every <laughs> every Mandalorian is just riding some creature. But yeah, no, crazy. I I and think <laughs> the creatures <laughs> that they've chosen so far, though, I think fit very well for the world that they're in. Yeah, which I think is important. And then we have Bo. You know, she she is um she's making Grogu like a the mudhorn symbol and this is where you know she triggers a flashback kind of like what we got in season one of bando of where when she was making his pauldron uh he had his flashback to the clone wars uh so a joke that that the other josh made earlier was that like you know if you're part of the Mudhorn clan and you hear clanking of a hammer you're gonna have a very dramatic uh traumatizing flashback that <laughs> 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 was pretty funny <laughs> and and in in this case this is probably one of the worst flashbacks that you you could get because they're going back to uh a very probably one of the worst things that has ever happened in the star wars universe Probably the most um, televised thing in the Star Wars universe. Yes, the last, like four years. Which is though. crazy. Yeah, it's it's so crazy because I, I I remember watching the episode of of the Bad Batch and we just opened up where we were like, oh, it's Caleb Dune, and then we were like, oh no, and then Order sixty six happened in Bad Batch, and I'm like, no, not again. Uh, <laughs> and somehow we got an even more adorable version of Grogu. Um, in the same pram that Grogu was in in season one too. Without all the weathering and stuff, yeah. but the Jedi issue prime Grogu was in at least from Order 66 to five years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. 
And I'm really glad that this flashback was not was not the tunnel vision type flashback that we got in in the in the Book of Boba, where like you know how like the only like vision that we got from that flashback in Book of Boba was where he was just focusing on the Jedi and the clones coming at him, and we didn't get anything else around him. This was actually like scenes, like full out scenes, and I love that. And I was really hoping it wasn't going to be tunnel vision, so I'm okay. glad that okay. that worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the four Jedi um, defending him in the hallway and everything, they don't have names. It's Jedi 1, Jedi 2, Jedi 3, Jedi 4. Uh, Are they played by anyone interesting? I don't think so. I know okay. some people were suspecting that one of them was going to be Syndralic. I was saying no to that. I was, oh. you know. I just... So did anyone like automatically know it was Ahmed Best when you heard get the youngling to Kellerin? No, no. I think that was the beauty of it. I, I Honestly, I don't think anyone really predicted it. I don't think anyone really thought like, you know, oh, hey. It's going to be his character. Okay. <laughs> we didn't know that it was going to be him br- rescuing Grogu. A lot of people were thinking it was Quinlan or... Um, uh, well, or- I mean, it, it was it was a part of all the whole predictions as a whole. I mean, and people brought up like Mace and Barris Offee and Quinlan Voss possibly. Yeah. But I yeah, we did bring a- it up on the podcast that it, it would be awesome to see Ahmed Best be his character from... The Jedi Temple Challenge, and we actually have is, a timestamp on that too. It was January seventh, twenty nineteen. We predicted it. Yeah, that's right. No, that's <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, seeing him return was great. Yeah, I, I I was so happy. I I I jumped off the couch and like clapped. I was like, "Let's go!" Like, <laughs> it was definitely good seeing. I was yeah. like, my goodness. Carl and... Weathers also has shown himself to be really good at directing Grogu. Yes. At least like in all the episodes that Carl's had control of Grogu, I feel like Grogu feels the best. At least out of most of them. At least I'm, I'm personally just really enjoying how he directs Grogu. Um, something that also made me really happy uh, for the actor um, is that this man has been through a lot. Uh, he was... He was sent death threats. He was bullied um, for playing playing Jar Jar Banks all the way back in uh, in Phantom Menace, and the love um, that he's gotten over the years, and the fact that he returned uh, is remarkable. And I redemption so, moment. And I was like, yeah, I am so happy that <laughs> that he was the one that saved Grogu. I, I now I know that most if if it ended up being Mace Windu or someone would of the would this episode probably get more views? Yes, but no. I I didn't want to feel it like I, I, I didn't want this episode to be a bunch of fan service. I didn't want to be like, oh it's Mace Windu, like oh my gosh, let's go. Because it just really wouldn't make that much sense because his arm just got chopped off. So like his hand got chopped off. And what he would just kind of come back to the temple of just being like, okay, here we go, round two. No, <laughs> like it like needs to make sense. So I'm glad it wasn't someone that we fully know. We only know uh, th- this character through the game show, um, uh, Jedi Temple Challenge. And I, 
I remember when it came out in 2020. I don't know if it's the same character. Uh, yes, yes. It is. It is? Yep. Yes, it Keller is. and Beck. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I uh, but so the, the game show's diff- canon. No different robes. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you notice the collar, he has like yeah, kind of it's gold like ornamental stuff. Yeah, yeah, kind of gives off those vibes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, seeing him return, seeing uh, I'm in best return was incredible. I was so happy, and I know it, I I I'm just seeing it everywhere of just the love and the praise that he's getting, and it's well deserved. So get those clones, kill them all, and oh. yes, oh yeah. Um, seeing the temple on fire really got me because I was just like, oh my gosh, and then. For all the saber moves that he did too, were fantastic. <laughs> Only you can stop forest fires. Yeah. I, like, I kept Whoa! hearing. Um, I kept hearing from people that that his that his like the way that he, he was moving the lightsabers was like wrong or something, and and that his that that the way that he was moving Who told the lightsabers you that? was weak. Who told you that? Um, Shut up! Be name. happy that we have arc speeders <laughs> with sidecars in live action. Yeah, Have we the, got that before. N- we got that in the Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. We Not never got action. that live action. Yeah, uh, but just again, I he did fantastic. Like all all all, all of his lightsaber moves w- were great. I felt like the the choreography was fantastic. Um, Is it just like he was actually younger. putting in effort? Yes. Oh yeah, and he posted a picture of him like at the gym. Is his like yeah, like good for you for putting in the work and like you know all that jazz. So he seems to be having the effort. I cannot say the same for the last new character to use a lightsaber. So I'm very happy with this because I was thinking about it. I was like, the last time we had someone like this, this was Reva or Reva, and I was like, no. <laughs> in comparison to me being like and sitting here going like that character with anything to do with lightsaber trash this i was like let's go this looks like an, someone who's actually passionate and wants to be there i was like that's amazing i was so happy and she actually was not a star wars fan right like like she like said that she really didn't get into star wars until she started filming obi-wan kenobi i thought you know her her, her like her her character arc was great but uh, and again, she did not deserve that the hate that the, the, that the actress got. But the um, character surviving twice of getting stabbed by Vader is what threw me off uh, for me because it's Vader. Like there's only a few people that I know that could walk away from that. So that was the thing that kind of threw me off about her her character. Again, I I did think you know she was great. But the way that um, that she would just survive after getting stabbed twice was just I, I was really shocked by that. Uh, but again, um, going back to this scene for Order 66, I uh, the whole thing with this with the speeder bike chase and the lightsaber fights and everything w- w- with all this happening within a five minute span, it didn't feel rushed at all. Like it felt like a sequence. And our friend. Uh, our friend uh, Ben Kessel said that it, it 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 felt like it was pulled out of the prequels. Like it felt like you know a full out movie scene, and it was just awesome. It's fantastic. Do you guys think that maybe they did a bit of de aging on Grogu here? I 
suspect it because he does look younger. Like, mm. and from, from from my point of view, I don't know about you guys, but he does look younger because he looks. How how do you like, think they did it? A new, a new puppet, or they simply just CGI him? I could see them doing a new puppet, but each puppet's like a million dollars, right? Possibly, but also like the environment is so different than anything we've seen Grogu in before. Like bright lights and white backgrounds, and so that also could have because the you know the puppet the animatronic has a lot of like stuff that reacts with the light in the environment it's in because of the quote unquote skin texture and how the light interacts with the outer material of his face. So. Mm-hmm. Part of me wonders if they were just like, guys, keep the eyes as wide open as you can for this whole sequence, <laughs> and then the lights will do all the tricks we need. Mm. Maybe a little less hair. Uh, the seeing, yeah, uh, seeing the gunships in action too were great. With extra lights on them too. Like we got yeah. like landing lights, we got front like designation, like we got so much fun stuff and huge props to them for having the lardies stay attack of the clone slash revenge of the sith style like with the weird like hallway openings on the front sides and keeping yep. the bubble turrets as a constant instead of making a live action version of the lardies we grew to love in clone wars which is like fully sealed off and all that jazz i i really do give them props for keeping them as revenge of the sith style lardies with only a few like light additions for visual clarity the the pilots for the gunships in this episode, though, were just shock troopers, right? They like weren't yes. like your standard pilot clone. It was just a shock trooper. Yes, and yeah, okay. we didn't get you know the Coruscant Guard livery of the Lardy like we did in Clone Wars. But mm-hmm. I will say the FBFX clone designs are starting to grow on me. I didn't like how clean they were, but seeing that clean shock trooper is pretty nice it works really well for uh shocks and so i really enjoyed seeing like you know the growing era of these new live action clones getting all these paint schemes that we we know and love in new ways you can also tell that and from again from my point of view it looked like most of the clones here were not animated uh and they did look live action um they were they were the fb yeah Where are they going? That's the new question. I think that might be a question uh, that will be answered soon, possibly a celebration because Dave Filoni. I loved how with having that, it was funny. They're like, all right, here's your answered question. All right, here's a new question, Lamal. They're just like, all right, immediately slotted a new question just to like be like, all right, now you get to ponder about this. And I was like, well, all right, I'll see you Uh, and this is actually something that Ben Token and myself talked about uh, like an hour ago, which was like, you know, where where do they go? And you've got a lot of surviving Jedi. Um, well, not a lot, but there's, you know, some Jedi Quinlan. that we know that survived. And there's a show that Dave, Dave Filoni is working on. Um, and it's it's going to be like the next live action like star wars show and it's supposed to kind of take place during the it's it's supposed to tie in into the mandalorian timeline in some way how cool would it be if they did like a like a jedi survival show where we get different points of view of different jedi surviving order 66 like in the first episode and then they all meet up and then that would answer like you know where where grogu was all this time and just another slam dunk idea man another slam dunk 
Yeah. So I like, and honestly, people would love it. And as I don't get why they just don't do it because they've been showing so much stuff at Order 66. So why not? Uh, and then the other idea, which again, this is from our friend Ben, is where they would do um, a couple episodes uh, on maybe season two of Tales of the Jedi, of where they would, you know, kind of show um, uh, Grogu uh, and uh, and his savior uh, just kind of surviving Order 66, and then it would lead up to um, where we see Grogu and Mando season one, which I think a whole live action show would be better in my opinion but if they do tales of the jedi i think that would work too but if they did like a whole show live action where we just get a bunch of different surviving jedi i think that would be incredible and 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 on top of that this season definitely feels like it's setting up a lot of different things it's setting up ahsoka it will um it's setting up skeleton crew and then you know this could be setting up the you know the next live action show which we might get a announcement over at star celebration in london in, in a couple of weeks mm. so yeah this was kind of interesting right here making that beskar chest plate for krogu it's a little random a little clunky I was going to use this as a dinner plate but now you shall wear it i was like <laughs> doesn't he already have the chest protection i was like what yeah yeah Why chain mail putting this okay this might be like more like... decorative <laughs> i was honestly just... fully expecting it to be a hat <laughs> yeah like i was like is this gonna be like the in-between helmet for grogu is <laughs> just so like and this on his head and then he would just use the hat like the bounty hunter Embo wood from the Clone Wars, and then he would just be running, and he would just kind of chuck it and just take out people's ankles. I was expecting that more than I was expecting more chest protection, but honestly, like, oh. it's a kid. You want to see the face? Yeah. It makes sense. Gives him, a, gives him, actually gives him the signet of the Mudhorn Clan, Clan Jarn. I want Embo and in, in in live action. I I I want to see him live action so bad, and then also it would make sense too because he's technically. The bodyguard of uh, Mon Mothma uh, during the aftermath series and and then the New Republic and everything, so that would be so cool. We had yeah, brought Leo. that comment up like earlier when when it was when he first got that chainmail, and we're like, oh, he's definitely gonna get shot in the chest, and everyone's gonna be, like, oh, and then he's gonna open it up. Oh, Mithril, like the whole yeah. like scene. But then they're like, all right, we're gonna put another piece of. I'm like, why are we doing this? And then to I was the like, Kazadoom. If he's only gonna have an armor underneath that like cloak he has, I'm gonna be like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess so. Like, <laughs> they just, I honestly, I know how much they're getting restricted by just having these character designs stay the same because of marketing, and I really, really feel that he needs to be able to be like his own armor. Like, you can keep everything with his head open because he still can't speak yet. But give him a new look, please. You did it for Din. Please do it for Grogu. Please. Give uh, some paint. Well, there's a chance of that happening because, um, and it's kind of like a small hint, uh, because if you go to Doc Ondar's over at Galaxy's Edge, which we talked about this, they actually have his chain mail, um, uh, of Grogu's chain mail that's right next to 
the helmet of Din Djarin and then his rifle just kind of hanging up on the wall. Um, so at some point, it I mean, because of the land is technically canon, uh, his some of his stuff gets there somehow. Doc Ondar, you know, has his helmet and he also has the chainmail of Grogu. I don't know how they're going to make that make sense, but there better be some post credit yeah, scene in the final episode. Canon. Yeah. They like just have to make some type of post credit scene, like in the final episode of The Mandalorian, of where you know Doc Ondar is. If his helmet is there, then why are they walking around with you know Din walking around? Then yeah, Liam, I agree. That's definitely a Chekhov's chest armor for Grogu. And take a rocket or a missile to it. The generic clones, like the all white clones, now have a gray backplate, like the recessed like rectangle on their back plate it's now painted gray for some reason what's he gonna say that's just a small thing but see if grogu does speak he's gonna have to take the creed i think unless there's like some type of like you think he's gonna be like this is the way but he's gonna do the mental like and then like din's gonna be like looking at him and you hear it like mentally he's like oh wow yeah yeah that's a possibility his his lips don't move and the whole plan I, sees him and like, oh my gosh, he's talking, but he's not talking. So how do, does that count? I suspect he's gonna say, um, "Max Rebo lives." Like, shut up, man. That's just my guess. I just <laughs> something I I could easily see is they have to trust each other in a situation, and Grogu's like, "I'm gonna like That's go so and weird. fix this," and Din Din is like, "No, don't go because I don't want you getting hurt or whatever," and he's like. He does like yeah. this weird thing, and then like it it has them both like looking at each other, and then you hear like Grogu's voice for the first time in Din's head, and he's like, "This is the way." I'm like, I could easily see that happening, but I don't see Grogu ever being able to form words. I just got goosebumps of you saying that. I could see that happening. Oh man, it has to double as a dinner plate. Look how massive uh, that thing is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, idea though. The voice of Grogu in other people's head is Dave Filoni's voice. <laughs> Perfect. Oh man. Oh, I I don't think we talked about this, but John Favreau was voicing um, uh, Paz Vizsla. Yeah, but now he's not. Are and, you sure? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So the voice of Paz Vizsla changed in Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. And it's no. Um, I'm funny. To to some, he's he's not that well known of an actor, and I and and I think they're hinting at that some Mandalorians are going to take off their helmet, and I think that's why they changed. It's Tate Fletcher, okay, is the new name. I was incorrect. So John Favreau did still I, voice him in Book of Boba Fett. I I thought he found a different. Yeah, I was wrong there. But now it's Tate Fletcher in season. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, 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 no. no you know, it, it, um, that's no longer John. Favorite voicing him. Uh, okay, Tate, David. Tate Fletcher is in the suit. I know right. that 100% facts. Okay. I don't think his true. voice sounds like John Favreau, though. Let me check IMDb because right now what I'm seeing is from Screen Rant it's Mandalorian yeah. Season 3, Episodes 1 and 3, an actor named Tate Fletcher voices the character. He, okay. yeah. In the beginning, it was Favreau. Right. But they changed it recently because I think this season is when some of them are going to take off their helmets. Because I think something's going to happen of where maybe Bo will end up challenging 
Din at the end of this, and then she like you know starts leading the people again. And one of the rules is that you're going to be able to take off their helmet, and he's going to. And I don't think John Favreau wanted to be like an on-screen person in the show, so I think that's why they switched it back to um where they switched it to, to Tate Fletcher doing the voice. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a possibility. It's just a theory, but I I saw that and that Game was one of the theory. first. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think that's accurate. I think it's still John Favreau. It, it, Tate Fletcher, I don't think he has the same type of voice that John Favreau has. John Favreau okay. has a very distinct well, voice. And yeah, I'm on Wikipedia right now, and it it says Tate Fletcher is portrayed. Pazza is portrayed by Tate Fletcher, voiced by John Favreau in The Mandalorian in the credits, Chapter 3, The Sin. He was incorrectly identified as Paz Vizsla. This, however, has been eventually rectified. Sheesh! Yeah, How... I, I, I still think, yeah, it's John Favreau's voice manipulated probably with the respeacher technology that they have. Okay. But, yeah, I didn't learn that Tate, Tate Fletcher was actually one of the guys in the very first episode of the series that was picking on the Mithral that was Horatio Sands. Okay. He was a humanoid character. Oh. There was a humanoid. There was a um, what's a squid guy, Corin, and there's I think there's another character, but he was the humanoid and he was speaking in Hatis. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. he was the guy that that like had like the beard, right? And he was bald. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, here's a shot or a sequence that we got from the trailer. So there, I think there's only one shot from the trailer now that we haven't gotten is when they do the dropship drop with all the Mandalorians. And then I think Paz in front of the IG-11 statue shooting his chain gun. So not to dwell on Paz, but Tate Fletcher is listed as the guest starring for Paz Vizsla. And right below him is tomorrow Morrison as clone troopers, which is... You know, Tim only voiced him, and then Tate is listed as the only one for Paz. It does not list John Favreau as the voice. So, John could have gone so, uncredited. It could have been a rebreather or revoicer, or whatever. But so he's normally credited as the voice. Yes, but he's not in this one. And they no. did. You think that they just credited like the person who's actually in the suit? Well, because I mean, they started crediting Latif Crowder and Brendan Wayne for Mando. Uh, yeah. in the head credits, which is amazing. Like, recognize Stuntman. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I I, think it might no longer be Favreau. But... Alright, call him up. <laughs> call up John Favreau? I guess we won't find out un, 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 until later, but I had my suspicions, and yeah. that's a lot of the place, like, because I was doing my research, and I saw that, so... I guess we won't find out until you know something happens. But I'll, I'll ask him in celebration. No problem. Okay, cool. I got you guys. Yeah, that'd be incredible if Tate Fletcher could inflect his voice to sound like John Favreau. It's either he's doing an impression of John Favreau, or it's or John it is sound John Favreau. <laughs> Personally, I'm a fan of it not being voiced by Favreau since Favreau did pre Vizsla and kind yeah. of keeping a distinction between those two characters. Even though season one, it, you know, it was fun. Uh, Personally, I kind of do like the idea of it being some someone else. I also know there is the action figure um, that came out of of the character, and it's John Favreau's face when you take off the helmet. But I think I I guarantee that he didn't want to actually, you know, be the actual character with his helmet taken off. 
I don't think he wanted that kind of position. Um, <laughs> like he didn't want to, you know, be on screen with his face because of oh, that means that, that well, he is that, an actor, right? But mind. but but then that would take away his. I I, I know he's an actor. <laughs> that would, that would break, Are you like, seen Chef? Role. Have you seen Fourth Chef, role. my guy? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so no, I just think that, you know, from my point of view, I could just see him just not being like, oh, I, I don't want to be on, on, on the screen. I still want to be behind the camera fully. That's just me. And I know that he's an actor, David. Dude. He was he was in Spider-Man. Oh, he, oh. Was, he was in Iron Man. Oh, no, I did not know these few. things. Crazy. He was and, also and, in Daredevil. And, yeah, I would he say was in the be, Daredevil. Yeah, because he played Foggy or something, right? Swingers. Like some type of, crazy. Wow. And Monica's boyfriend and friends. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Marissa. <laughs> Thank you. That's a deep cut. <laughs> Jeez, That's a Legends <laughs> reference that I have. <laughs> Monica's canon? <laughs> no, friends is not canon. John Favreau is canon. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I got we... the action figure right here. No. Of Monica? <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect again, sir. It is okay. John Favreau. Let me get it. I was get confused it. there. Oh my gosh, he's going full out. Jeez. Okay. Well, uh, while that's happening, we're at a um, a campfire area, and um, and. And Bo's kind of asking like how things um, are kind of run, like of like, is she allowed to take her helmet off while eating? Like, how, how does that work? Oh my gosh! I know you have it. I was there. I know. <laughs> Incorrect again, sir. You were not there. I bought this over. Uh... <laughs> did you not? Did you not get it at celebration? No. I swear you got at a celebration. I thought we went over to the house. I wanted to get at celebration, but unfortunately, no. we didn't win the lotteries. That was John Henry. Think... Sorry. Yeah. Because there was a really at Comic Con in San Diego yeah. as well. Which yeah. that, that figure I don't have. It's like the asking price is like crazy. But yeah. I really like this campfire scene because we got a you know, a, a very traditionalistic view of things. You know, we saw Bo kind of like, hey, how how do you guys eat? And it was kind of like, you know, oh, we just go out and about and eat a little bit. And then she was like, oh, okay. And so she starts leaving. Then you also saw Paz like, hey, no, you stay here. So she's already, you know, deeply entrenched in the respect of these people. They already like deeply hold her regard and, you know, want to make sure that she's treated fairly as the leader of this war party, which was very nice to see. Yeah, she got in good quick. Yeah. I like the whole explaining of how you eat your food. Everyone has to like leave and not see each other, which is kind of awkward. You just shout but... when you're done. You're like, all right, guys. Yeah, the one at the campfire has to like, make sure they're done in the helmet on before people start returning. Yeah. And it is Katie Sackhoff. Who? Get right for him. <laughs> Katie Sackhoff. Oh no! Gotcha. I didn't know who that was. And her hair is perfect. Her all that helmet wearing. Yeah. Her hair looks a lot better than what she had in season two, Amanda. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, a lot of people are saying that, but it's like, did the hair just simply grow? Or, I mean... I think it's just a new wig. I know Same it's a new like wig, a but I mean... new head tails and mantle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I was about to say that. Be- because of the ones in, in the Ahsoka series, um, definitely look a lot better than w- w- what we first got her in. Yeah, I think it's just costumes changing because they're between seasons. So you're saying, that, you're saying that Ahsoka got new head tails? Uh, they are slightly head-tails. longer, yes. Yeah. They are not the same ones that we saw her have in uh, season two of Mando of when she made her live action appearance. And where did you see those at? On the at celebration. celebration. Yes, at celebration at the panel. (laughs) And including notice a difference. Oh, okay. I I was like, because a lot of people are bringing that up. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like I I didn't really see that big a difference. Um, there was also the image um, from the Ahsoka show that like kind of showed like the new shows coming out this year. Like it showed something from Loki, it showed something from Ahsoka, it showed something from Mando. Right, and where she has like her arms crossed, and it's like, right, oh. right. And you can see that that her that her um her headpiece is is a lot longer than what we saw in Mando's Mando season mm. two. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all mm-hmm. still look pretty short com- in comparison to the animation right. yeah they're using their lariats here there you go i just sent the picture to show off climb <laughs> climb you must climb <laughs> Are those the same? Uh, are are those like the same grappling hooks from uh, um, from the Phantom Menace? I didn't get a good like look at the. Could you back up? To I don't where, think like, they ever showed no? the actual grapple hook part. And I think these came out of the gauntlets, right? These are just the traditional Mandalorian lariats. Yeah, gauntlet, 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 yeah. Cool. Just climbing up a mountain. And we saw the uh the Shriek Hawk, the Death Watch symbol on the uh on one of their shoulders. One of the Mandos that was climbing around. I think it was that one. Yeah, right there. It's kind of hard to see, but. And they did not use their jetpacks because they knew it would make a lot of noise and it would scare off the creatures. And then we kind of get an answer to a question where um we were wondering if the kid was um was pause's son and he says it you know he, like he actually says the words of saying he's my son which we already suspected but we got the confirmation of that uh and and, and again it's it's uh it's cool that the uh that the actor playing his son is the nephew of jimmy kimmel oh Huh. What do you know? Yeah. The more you Crazy. know. Crazy. 
Yeah, and some people had a little bit of an issue with this scene right here on the screen with the uh, thermal imaging there. Because it kind of looks like a body. It looks like the head on the far right. But, I mean, I, I guess you can kind of disguise that in a way. What? As, because yeah. it doesn't look the size of three gigantic exactly they're like probably all they're probably all clumped like well they all clown card out of debose ship later too so (laughs) i just kind of accept that they can become one solid mass the rough size of a human job for transportation purposes look at that you're telling me that was that thermal image (laughs) it's a bacon in space show you That's can't pull logic in Star Wars. How many Fate times tension. do we have to say this, man? <laughs> you can't do that. <coughs> First, you want to put Monica in Star Wars. Now, logic? <laughs> yeah, jeez, man. Come on. No, don't put words in my mouth. I never wanted to have that. <laughs> I've seen the last Scream movie. No. <laughs> uh, how did we also feel about the... Um, uh, about the kid just being in the creature's mouth and then he's like like um i just thought that was interesting because it's like is there like a second pouch like in the creature's stomach well, that's what birds do colin that yeah. they... well, really <laughs> yeah man i'm getting such so an it wasn't that today. far this is crazy. <laughs> thank you so much was... david <laughs> roast colin jeez anyways continue Colin, do you know birds are government drones? What? <laughs> Pigeons specifically. <laughs> Education exist. time. Yeah, I thought this sequence was pretty cool. All in the jetpack. The second Bo lost her shoulder plate, I was like, oh, is she joining Din's clan? Mm. I almost thought she was going to get a mudhorn on her shoulder. I but... think she's playing the long game. Oh, yeah, you know, she's playing the long game. A hundred percent. Granted, I don't know how the episode ended. She is playing the long game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this whole chase scene definitely felt like like a Clone Wars episode-ish of just them Rekha! flying with their jetpacks. Jetpacks and then always a bigger fish. Yep, and then that right there just felt like a Jurassic World Easter egg. It was. It totally yeah. was, bro. I saw that. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> da, na, 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 na. Yeah. Yep. And then he's like, oh, my go, Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for saving my son. Hey, no problem. I got you. This is the way. I feel like they could definitely make a drinking game. Like out of this entire show like for example i'm down <laughs> every single time they they, they they would say this is the way you would have to take a shot because they like say it a lot in this episode too <laughs> Who, how much of season three can you remember <laughs> <laughs> and they and they come back New round of applause. Mandalorians clanking their gauntlets. Shout out to the costume department for making them survive that for how many takes they had to do. Uh, and we see that Bo uh, ends up getting high praise. And I think she was trying to make a good impression. Because again, she's she's playing the long game. And we'll definitely talk about it in a sec. But we have the clown car type situation where the creatures come out of the ship. Somehow they all fit in the ship. 
uh and we're probably going to see uh these creatures in the future uh probably some of the mandalorians riding them into battle um how do we feel about that when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was interesting that Bo described these creatures as foundlings. I feel like at first I thought, are they going to like try and bring them in the clan? But no, I mean, they're probably going to be mounts. But I, uh, I, I, mounts I, are food. I think that the idea of what a foundling is is now changing in our perception because of yeah. having Grogu and these. It's kind of like whatever they come across that they know they can add to the creed. I feel like that is what a foundling is. Well, didn't. Uh, it was also brought up about why Grogu doesn't wear a helmet. Din said he's something not a foundling yet. Or he can't speak the creed, a... so that's why he can't have the helmet. Because if he can't speak the like the little, I I uh, I'm never gonna take off my helmet. Then they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole Wesley Kimmel speech. <laughs> uh, yeah i love the pacing of the episode I, I i thought it was great of just seeing all the mandalorians learning more about the mandalorian culture uh of the flashback and everything and this definitely sets up a potential civil war throughout the mandalorian people uh because if if Bo ends up uh in actually winning the dark saber in combat from din then what's going to happen is she's going to change. I feel like one of the first rules she's going to change is taking off the helmet. And I don't think the armor is going to like that. I could see her fighting that a lot to where maybe she just leaves the group like all together. And so you'll think I, we'll never see Emily Swallow's face. I mean, I think we will eventually, but I think this will definitely lead to a civil war type situation. Um, because I know there are, there's, because the armor is very strong on the belief of, of keeping the helmet on and all of the main traditions when Bo is not, uh, and I could definitely see her character saying, no, I will not, I, I will not stand by you on, on, uh, unless you will go the actual way of the, of the Mandalorian, like of my way of the Mandalorian people. So I think that she will definitely um, probably have some type of dispute with Bo and it will make her leave and then we'll see her come back later. But so yeah, her Tim taking sides, off her helmet. Tim cites the meme Lord. He brings up an interesting aspect of that. If someone is mute, never able to speak and they take the creed. I think the speaking was that Grogu's too young to speak. It's, it's kind of their version of like Grogu's a minor. Let's let him like grow up a bit before he makes big boy choices. <laughs> but how old that do I have 90. to be? <laughs> yeah, I think there's. I think old. there is like probably some things for if you're a grown, you know, you're able to write to join the creed or something. But I think the main point was Grogu's too young to do it right now. Could he not like kind of age of fifty? 
could he not do the, the so force communication thing like he did with Ahsoka and just put it in everyone's brains of saying Maybe. like, hey, you know. But also, this is wild speculation because we just found out about this yeah. like speak the creed thing uh, a couple <laughs> <Yeah>. hours ago. <laughs> well, I I mean, well that and Bo technically didn't speak the creed when she went and saved. That's true. All she does, yeah. but that also could be the armor playing some things because we don't know who the armor actually is. Could be that lady that sieged Mandalore with the horns on her helmet. Like all those speculation things. I think the armor is just is she's just making up these rules as she goes along. I mean, I think... she gaslights the hell out of her, bro. She's... Yeah. <laughs> yes, but yeah, no, Armor's good at that. I was yeah. like, um, yeah, we see a lot down there. You're like, uh, no, I real. Oh, I, I bet, buddy. <laughs> hey, guess Last what? Last time I had a shot every time yeah. we said, this is the way I saw stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She uh, she then just kind of ends it with like w- w- of, of where I I just love how both like, no, I saw it for real. And then she's like, yeah, sure. Guess what? This is the way. And I was like, okay. Just like, you are totally um, like, <laughs> like, like, why? Just, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but we see that Bo gets her new sigil. She, I think she got the, I think she got the mythosaur because at some point she's going to claim that, that like, she's seen the mythosaur and she's going to challenge um, Din for the dark saber, and then, and then that's how she kind of leads the people in, in the correct way, because she's trying to, she has tried to lead the Mandalorian people three times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this would be her fourth or third. Someone help me out. I think she's uh, only ruled in twice. Levels. Well, well, she. She technically got the dark saber at the end of the Clone Wars after the siege. That's right. So and then she what? lost it. Um she and they kind of became sex, then she rejoined them with it or so twice. She attempted a third time, but she never got the dark saber. So this is her attempt at a third, I believe. Yes. Okay, cool. But her family was the last, like, you know, yeah, big boys. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super shocking that she revealed that she saw the mythosaur to the armor. That was, I was not expecting that. I was kind of blown away with that. And now she has that information. And every time we kind of think that she's playing the long game, it seems like she's playing a shorter game (laughs) because I think a lot of us kind of thought that she would maybe be more villainous, more plotting, but it seems like she's more on the light side of the grayscale even though she is kind of gray, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. It's yeah. getting stuff that I did not expect, but uh, that's why I like this season. That's why I like this show. Yeah, I also like uh, sigils being geometric pieces instead of always just being paint. Yes, that's just a very neat way to showcase it. The way that this episode ended was where it ended in the in the last episode of where it was looking at the mythosaur on the wall. Mm-hmm. So again, I think that's a hint that that everything happening with Bo will lead to them going to see the mythosaur and Bo rising to power and everything. Could there be a civil war? I could definitely see it happening. 
there was also a point when Armor mentioned she was making the shoulder, right? That it was like, this won't have all the modern enhancements, which to me wonders what are the modern enhancements in a shoulder armor. But it's also like, you know, it's a very almost medieval look at Mandalorians, this sect. They are very much living in the past and kind of are on a cultural reset back to where they were hundreds, probably hundreds of years before. I don't think she, I think she trusts Din at this point, but I think that she knows that the armor is kind of like the leader of the group and she just wanted to maybe get like the main person in charge's opinion before she like just started, you know, kind of talking about feelers. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting. Her response is, you had a vision. And she's like, no, I actually saw the real thing. And then she's just like, is is the armor's kind of response like, okay, like patting her on the head. Okay, you saw you saw something. You think it was real. Okay. Or does the armor kind of think like, okay, okay she saw <laughs> she saw the real mythos. So I don't, it's, it's a little vague there. But um, now the armor has that information has that experience with Bo that, okay, if it comes back around where there's like a clue or something and Bo kind of hit it, it's going to not look that great on Bo. So. Yeah. Hmm. And then we, so we get another woman's them, view. <laughs> we have them looking at the, at the Mythosaur skull on the wall and then it fades to black. And then we get some, uh, what wait what oh uh and it fades to black and then we end up uh seeing very cool art all the stuff with order 66 was super great um i just hope that show idea that i was talking about like comes true because i think that would be great of just seeing different different perspectives from different jedi on the run I, that'd be awesome. That would but be a great show. Yeah, or movie. You, or you've got movies. you've got Grogu with the rock crabs. You've got him training. Yeah. So overall, on a scale from one to ten, how do we feel? I don't know. I like this episode a lot. I like the pacing. I like where we were going. I like the the. I, it's kind of had me realize what I like a whole season where it's just them doing their own thing. It, it, it doesn't have to really follow a, a main story plot line. And I, I'm okay with that. I see, I think when, when everyone really just lets their guard down and goes, you know what? I'm just going to go with the flow. They'll enjoy this episode a lot more for what it is. Honestly, for me, this is probably about an eight and a half to a nine for me. Uh, I loved just, the majority of it, and then we get a good answer and uh, good questions for the next uh, couple of seasons. Uh, David? Yeah, with that review Token just gave, I think my ranking raised a few levels. So maybe like an 8.5. Okay. I, I, I really love that moment with Ahmed Best, him being the one that we were kind of wondering about all these years who kind of helped Grogu out of there. It's, it's an awesome thing that he's back. I think that Ahmed Bez should have 
should be like that one guy, almost like a Stan Lee type, almost like showing up in every project in some way, shape, or form. That would be fun. That would be really fun. And it was it was so great to see Order sixty six again. That that's another kind of area in Star Wars. I think they could exploit even more. I think a lot of people say that we've seen enough of it. I I don't think we've seen enough. So whose one of my ship, favorite things. Yeah. Um. Whose ship do we think that that he like was using when they left the planet? I think um, it was Padme's. I don't it think it Queen. was Padme. Yeah, well, I don't think you're not it thinking, was... I think, the right way because I think Padme had one ship that she came <laughs> to down dang, okay. to Coruscant in, and I think that was the kind of, like, spare ship that came down. Or maybe... So they had, like, redundancy there. Or maybe it was someone else from Naboo. That's possible, there's, too. There's the potential of it possibly being... Aren't the Chrome ones always Jar Jar royalty? Um, that could be yeah, a ship... I think... Yeah. The guards too. The guards kind of lend to it being a royal ship as well. So that's that's why I'm thinking that it was Padme another took one long Padme wing ship. variant to Mustafar's where she died. It's not the snub fighter, yeah. so it could be hers. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. It was one of her like maids. Yeah, I mean, it, it it could be that, or it could be it it could be Jar Jar Binks. Like, I mean. That no, no, no. yeah, that's Jar Jar Binks. That'd be so meta, bro. I know, but that would be pretty cool though, because uh, that would tie in both of these characters. I'm just saying, just saying. Then everyone who would ever show this entire show to any of their like new friends or whatever would be like, "Look, uh, did you know that that's actually the same?" Like, they would be that, yeah, constantly. Awful. No thanks. But yeah, no, I, I I love the episode. I'm giving the episode like a solid like a seven point five. Eight point five, I think you mean. Oh, okay. I honestly I, I, I do really feel like it's because do do you feel like we can go a whole season of just having these fun individual episodes of just training pieces? Or do you feel like we really need a focus? Like the yeah, other two I think there is a focus. It's just not a traditional focus. I think they're setting up stuff in the grand scheme. And I think that for a traditional show, I think it's kind of annoying some people that they're not following mm-hmm. like the rules of a TV show or the rules of storytelling. And I mean, Star Wars is, is there's a lot of whimsy in it. And I remember when people were getting annoyed with, that spider episode with yeah. the Mandalorian and they're like, yeah. it's just, you know, it's not following the story. I'm like, all of this season has been like the spider episode. So I'm kind of sitting here going like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I love it. I, this, to me, this is, this is awesome. I haven't had an issue with any of this stuff. I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, it's smart to do it like that because I feel like if we just keep going down the same, like, um, Every, like it's like one story i feel like it'll it'd be played out like everyone be like all right and then this happens all right and then this happens and i i i'm happy that we're going some a new direction um big players in the mandalorian that come, come back like yeah like moff gideon would be fun to see but i don't know if that's focusing 
Because for me, I'm kind of like, what happens if we get to the end of the season and then you get that whole kind of like, oh, look, and then Thrawn is alive and he's going to be in Ahsoka. Like, is that okay? Or do you, do people really need like three episodes of them like trying to find someone and then they find someone and then there's a big reveal that it's actually Thrawn. Yay. Like, do we need that? Or can we just be like having our fun little episodes all the way through the season? I think if they do show Thrawn, it will probably be at the end and will lead him to Ahsoka. Because, I mean, ah- Ahsoka would make the most sense of where they would do the reveal for his character. Uh, but something also threw me off is that Rosario Dawson did post, um, like, last week of saying, hey, tune in for for episode four of this season and it kind of hinted at that she was going to be in it and then she wasn't in it so I'm curious of why she did that do we this need is a- what she posted right here yeah she's saying uh as i jones for the next mando episode this is the yeah. way mm-hmm. so maybe there was like a little bit too much of a knee-jerk reaction to that post i don't know if that <laughs> was the actual only post that people were reacting to i don't know yeah but I mean, that also made sense because Dave Filoni like did write it. So it, it yeah, and everyone like drew that conclusion. Oh my gosh, we're gonna get an Ahsoka episode. But we didn't, and that's totally fine. I'm I'm fine with that. I think Ahsoka will definitely have an appearance at some point in the season because it's gonna have to lead into Ahsoka, um, and into the actual show. Which again, all that stuff is coming up, you know, very soon. Uh, and then we're getting a sneak peek at Star Wars Celebration. We're getting so much news coming up. Like I, I, I can't believe that's in a couple of weeks. Like that's crazy. Star Wars Celebration, yeah, man, it comes up pretty soon, man. Yeah. <laughs> you thought that euros was the currency of the UK. Don't, why are you doing this, man? <laughs> why? Okay. And I didn't know. No, I. I, fine i'm calling out my mother right now no She's no no don't, don't blame get her on the horn no, she gave she gave birth to you <laughs> shut up that's all on you dog oh man okay well it's an honest mistake yeah it's fine i'm getting it switched it's whatever but thank you for calling me out on no problem. Uh, honest american mistake no problem. <laughs> i would have loved if you took the euros over there and you're like <sighs> i pay and they're like what <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst part is, is I actually told you this and you said nothing. So that's also on you too. Cause I did say like, <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. Now it's me. Now it's on me. You like could have been. Yes, Liam. I'm sorry. Okay. Just, all right. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we are on Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. <laughs> we're also on twitter at stuff pod uh please go and support our patreon uh star wars stuff podcast 2187 like liam does mm, yeah uh and, and then, uh our, our for everyone on patreon thank you so much for supporting us on there we're also on tiktok search star wars stuff podcast we also have a gmail star wars stuff podcast at gmail.com facebook star wars stuff group and star wars stuff podcast page please go Tim on sites uh, also go on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a review, even though it's all about David. We also have all Twitch, Star Stuff Gaming. Uh, again, we would not be doing this if, if it wasn't for you guys. Uh, 
thanks again for Josh. Um, cloning around being on. We love having him on. Tune in uh, for our other breakdown of the Bad Batch tonight of the Tipping Point episode 14. It was a pretty good episode. Check it out. It actually was a pretty great episode. So with uh, from myself, David, and Josh, may the force be with you. Always. Always. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>